Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode here of the Giant Take Podcast. Josh, Alex, to bring you a preview. Giants versus Eagles coming to you on Sunday. We will talk about all of it. We will talk about the good, the bad, the New York Giants. <laughs> and uh, they fit into the the bad side of things uh, when, when you look at those two words. The Eagles, they're right smack dab in the middle, I want to say. Uh, looking towards a playoff run. We'll see if they get there. Again, like I mentioned, Josh, Alex, I am Josh, and I'm joined by my co-host, Alex. We welcome you to the Giant Take Podcast. If you are new, we do recaps, previews of every Giants game, as well as a ton of off-season content when we get to that point, but we're still in the season right now. Although we count down the days, the weeks, and the month left in this NFL season, three more games, Alex, three more, and I think this might be, well, I mean, obviously, as you go into the season, right, it's, it's more crucial, but more nervous. Uh, for playoff teams, even though we're not a playoff team, not even close to that, I would say, Alex, that uh, these are going to be the most three nerve-wracking games for me as a Giants fan because all I want are good picks. And we're going to be playing one of those games smack dab in the middle against the Chicago Bears. And we're debating what we want uh, their pick to be and what we want our pick to be. And let's just say I'm not going to want any specific team to win in that game. Let's just end it in a tie and call it a day. And um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. I, uh, you know, I'm tired as I think you are as well, uh, from being a Giants fan. So I'll ask you, Alex, how, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. Um, obviously as much as there's nothing going on with the Giants, there's also a lot going on with the Giants yesterday. There was that bombshell article today there. There's uh, what's, what's his name again? The kicker Lawrence Tynes, right? Did you see that? What happened with him, Josh? How he's now pushing for Kevin Abrams to be GM. I, I don't know what's going on. So some some I saw one tweet say someone offered him an extra large Pepsi. So that's why he's doing it now. John Mara's handing out the extra larges now, so he's excited. Um, but yeah, there, there's all sorts of chaos. What was um, the article yesterday that you're referring to? The article yesterday. It's it's one of the. It was um 
referencing a Giants ex-scout who Gettleman fired. Okay. Um, and I did not. I if you go to Giants Daily, they had like little excerpts from it. Uh, I'll I'll read it in a few minutes, but yeah, they they basically the the gist of it is that Gettleman, Mara, have been ruining this organization from top to bottom. Uh, it 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 was like a paid article, so you couldn't actually read it unless you know you paid for it. So. Luckily, Giants Daily paid for it. It looks we, like, and he has. We, we got experts. Yeah, we got excerpts. Uh, we I got can, excerpts. I mean, if you have it now, you can do that. But I mean, I was just gonna stall to give you some time. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll. I'll pull it up now. But it, it was definitely damning, and there was lots of things. Whether it was Saquon Barkley, the DeAndre Baker situation, just lots mm. of messed up things going on in this organization. You know, so I want to talk about Saquon Barkley real quick because he he came out today with the uh, generic when a player is on the trade block or, you know, quote unquote, uh, on the trade block, they want to get traded, they want to leave, What they don't know what their future is, they get asked the question, oh, I know you don't like to speak on your opportunities or your, your time with the organization or the team that you're on, uh, but I just want to know, you know, your thoughts on you know, leaving or whatever, blah, blah, blah. The, the generic question of what is your future, right? Saquon Barkley responded to the generic question with the generic answer. Uh, I don't like to think about that. I don't like to think about that ever. Uh, I, I have the same thing in my mind, which is practice, practice, practice to the game. I only think about that. I think about my teammates, my family, whatever, the coaches. Uh, but I love this is, the, 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 you know, the thing that does, quote, it, it was the answer of basically, to sum it up in full, he said, this is the team that drafted me. I would want to stay a New York Giant forever. You know, I'd always want to be a New York Giant is, is what the quote ended up being that has stuck and now has gone to tweets and social media. The normal response of a responsible player who isn't out there saying negative comments towards his team that really wants to get out of there, um, aka someone like uh, Odell Beckham or... A player that really wants to get out of somewhere, right? We, we've heard it before. Saquon Barkley is not like that. He's a class act. He's a guy that is, uh, is a really good speaker, and he knows what he's talking about. Is he that good on the football field, though? That's something we could definitely get to in this episode because I know Alex is a little fed up with Giants fans saying, Ben Saquon Barkley the last three games. Let's have Devontae Booker start, see what he can do. We paid him all that money in the free agency you know, part of uh, this offseason. Our first signing, I want to say, in free agency. So Ben Saquon Barkley, Booker's been doing better anyway. Yeah, you know, Alex, I know you have the point of saying, why would you want to do that? Listen, Saquon Barkley, you're probably not going to get anything if you trade him. We're probably not going to trade him. The most the, the most you can do is have him give a, get a few carries of games. So I, I want to hear your... See, I want to hear your opinion on it. Uh, see, my opinion would be give him give it at least 50-50 split because uh, they're still having Saquon Barkley getting the majority of carries, and he's not doing anything besides the one or two explosive runs you see every game. He's not the Saquon Barkley of the past. I've talked about it in previous episodes. My point still stands. So either have Barkley not get any carries or have it at least 50-50. I don't want Barkley uh, being the majority of, of the carries instead of Devontae Booker. So what's your thoughts on that? So what I don't understand is I would say Saquon Barkley is still Saquon Barkley, no matter how you put it, right? He's still one of the most talented players in the league. And obviously Maybe. he is Saquon Barkley. We were meeting like the prime that, we're, that we saw in his rookie and second yes, season. Sorry. I, that's what I was alluding to. But I, I'd say the difference, there, there's a difference, right? Booker is getting more yards a carry. But I'd also say 
Booker is also in in some of the situations where maybe you don't expect the run as much as you would with Saquon Barkley, right? The, just the when you look at just the pure yards per carry, it's kind of a deceiving stat. You should really be looking at yards per carry in an eight-man box, yards per carry, you know, with an empty box, et cetera, right? So that way you get a better idea of what the carries and and the uh the the amounts are and who's really doing better, who's doing worse. For me, the difference isn't enough to make it that, hey, we need to bench Saquon Barkley or even take away 25% of his snaps. Saquon Barkley should still be getting the majority of the carries. Devontae Booker should be involved, maybe even a tiny bit more involved, maybe a couple carries more a game than he has been so far. But if we do want to trade Saquon Barkley, it's better that he plays, shows that he's able to stay healthy, which I'm not sure if he can, but let's all hope he does, right? Because right now his trade value is like barely anything. We hope we hope he stays healthy. We hope he makes a few explosive plays for the last few games of the season. I think that's what you just got to do and hope, you know, give him in the like 60 to 70% of snap kind of range uh, would be what I would say um, for Saquon Barkley. Maybe give him 10% less snap, something like that. But, I, you know, reward Booker, but I wouldn't, he, you know, he's not the starter. I wouldn't bench Saquon Barkley. That's all I was going to say. Well, Alex, I mean, you want to look at the quotes, the quotes, the stats. Um, Devontae Booker, I, I understand what your point with the carries, but when you just flat out look at the stats, right? Games played, Devontae Booker 13, Saquon Barkley 10. Okay, Booker's played three more games. Well, Saquon Barkley has more rush attempts, actually. Saquon Barkley with 115 rush attempts. Devontae Booker with 113 rush attempts. Now the difference. The yards. Devontae Booker with 113 attempts has 506 yards, while Saquon Barkley with two more attempts has only 429. Yeah, you see the difference there. The average. Devontae Booker, 4.5 per carry. Saquon Barkley, 3.7 per carry. The long... Saquon Barkley had one burst. Great. A 41 yards. Booker had a 31 yard run. We we don't really have big runs on this team. We should know that. And Saquon Barkley has about four more yards per game than Devontae Booker, but that's only because I think he gets more carries. Now, Alex, I disagree with you on the point of we should play him because it would boost his trade value. Well, if Saquon Barkley continues to poorly perform running the ball and have 18 carries and only 59 yards rushing. Well, I feel like that would actually lessen teams' interest. It would not gain any teams being like, yeah, Saquon Barkley had another 16 uh, rushes for 50 yards. Let's go after him. I think benching him, making sure he's still healthy, and keeping the heads of the mind, keeping the GM's mind of other NFL teams. Maybe the Saquon Barkley of old is still in there. And it's the offensive line of the Giants. It's the coaching staff of the Giants. It's the it's the whole thing with the New York Giants that hopefully other teams can bank on and say, maybe if we get Saquon Barkley on our team, it won't be the same as it's at as, as it is with the Giants because they're just so bad. See, that last point is kind of alluding to what I think. I think that Saquon Barkley, I don't think he needs to prove to anyone that he is the talent. I don't think if he averaged two yards per carry for the rest of the season, I don't think that would impact his trade value as much as he goes down with another injury or he's not playing. Because your availability is the most important thing at the running back position. 
if Saquon Barkley can be available and show that he has a nice stretch of games, I think that's way more important than how he's performing because everyone knows what Saquon Barkley can do. Every GM in the league knows this guy can be on his day the best running back in the NFL, probably the best player in the NFL. But is he going to be available? That's the most important thing. And by benching him, you're not proving anything in terms of that. So I think uh, that that's how I see it, at least. I think there's no way. It, it's kind of like when your quarterback's underperforming, right? Russell Wilson, for example, he's come back from this injury. He's not performing very well. Geno Smith performed pretty well as the backup, right? But you're not going to start Geno Smith. Geno Smith had better yards and numbers per game than Saquon Barkley. That's a quarterback, Alex. A quarterback is the most important position in football. And I recorded a video with Justin Penick earlier this week, and he even made the bold claim that the quarterback is the most important position in sports. So you can't compare a quarterback to a running back. I get it, but there's still, but the comparison's still there because it's still like you have an established veteran who we know has the talent, like Russell Wilson, who is one of the best in the league, just like Saquon Barkley is one of the best in the league. And then you have a, a backup who's overperforming his expectations, you know, i.e. Devontae Booker, i.e. Geno Smith. That's kind of how I look at it. But anyway, let's get to the article here because we've got a few excerpts. Let me read. So this was a article by Go Long, interestingly enough. So not a place that I've heard of before, but, you know, re- seems reasonably credited, but here we go. Ironically, multiple scouts credit Reese as the one who cultivated uh, cultivated a true family atmosphere throughout the entire personnel department as the GM from 2007 through 2017. It's not the same place that way, one ex-scout said. Of course, a different team in the NFC East draws all the criticism when it comes to meddling, whereas John Mara's is widely praised for running a model franchise. Dallas Cowboys' Jerry Jones has been ripped for poisoning the football department over the last 25 Super Bowl-less seasons. This can manifest itself in small ways. Once, when tackle Russell Okung was interested in signing with the Giants as a free agent, Chris Mara stepped in to say that Okung's ex-agent called him an asshole. So the Giants didn't sign him. So that that's the first excerpt there. Chris Mara getting his hands a little bit dirty there. Next passage here. As Gettleman tried to wipe his scouts' memories of anything they learned from the previous regime, he also started doing what he allegedly abhorred. Firing scouts. I didn't hear that. I had to take a second there before. I know. I was confused by that word for a second. Firing scouts. Quite callously, too. At At the NFL Combine in 2020, the scouts all flew out to Indianapolis on a Sunday, had a team dinner, attended weigh ins on Monday morning, and then everyone got a text message to meet for a meeting in a suite to review pro days. After a while, Gettleman and Abrams emerged abruptly, one source recalls, and said they just let let go two of the team's longest tenured scouts, which was beyond strange. Why fly those scouts out to Indy just to fire them? Do you have any comments on the first two? I I think there's two more here. Or you want to keep going through all of it and then then, uh, we can... You know... The scout thing does surprise me a little bit. The the first the first passage um, that you read to me, I feel like we're doing some SAT prep right now. Um, the first passage you you read to me does not does not surprise me. Honestly, keep going though. Yet for whatever reason, co-owners John Mara and Steve Tisch conducted an extremely narrow search. This is in reference to the GM opening after the firing of Jerry Reese. The only other people they interviewed were Mark Ross and Kevin Abrams in house. 
and ESPN analyst Louis Riddick out of house. One source even recalls Gettleman being stunned he got the job. Gettleman promised to keep Eli Manning as his starting quarterback in 2018 per one source, so he got the job. I think that was pretty obvious to most Giants fans that that's the reason he got the job because he was willing to uh, stay with Eli. And then this one is painful for Giants fans. I I know this has come out before, but I just want to read it again. Into the next offseason, one source recalls Ben McAdoo being infatuated with a young quarterback out of Texas Tech named Patrick Mahomes. McAdoo saw Brett Favre in Mahomes and loved everything he witnessed at the QB's Pro Day. When asked about him in one of the final pre-draft meetings with Mara present, one source remembers McAdoo saying, I want to get my effing hands on him. Picks, players, whatever it took. Of course, Mahomes is a difficult prospect for all scouts to read. You may remember Buffalo Bills owner Terry Pagula trying and failing to get his evaluators to believe. So anyway, we've heard that about McAdoo in the past, but once again, obviously John Mara is just not listening uh, and he's just doing his own thing. And that's what I'm really worried that he's going to keep doing. He's going to hire Kevin Abrams. He wants a yes man and that he can just take over this whole thing with his lack of experience, lack of proper judgment, and he's going to ruin the franchise like he already has for the past 10 years. You know, the thing is when going to that third that third one about Gettleman getting the job, it's funny that it's been almost four years and we're still talking about the same people when it comes to Kevin Abrams and when it comes to Lewis Riddick coming in and joining this off this this Giants team as GMs. We're not moving on from those two. And it looks like we're gonna stay in house again. And it looks like we're gonna get Kevin Abrams. Now, it's nothing against Kevin Abrams. It's it really isn't. It's more, go out of house and try it. Just try it. We've already been down the gutter to what it seems like of staying in-house, and it hasn't been successful. So why try again? And also what I don't get is, you know, many people, including Lawrence Tynes, who put put out the original tweet that we were referencing, he's saying, you know, it's not like... uh, Abrams has been making all the decisions, et cetera, right? But clearly in these excerpts, the rest of the article, there's other excerpts as well. These were just some of the more damning ones. There's some DeAndre Baker stuff too that was very interesting. So I'd highly recommend to go read that, but it's just too much to read all in one podcast and then I'm going to get bored. So, uh, you know, I can't read that much. And, uh, but I, I would say Abrams has, he doesn't have blood on his hands, right? It's not like he murdered someone, but he, he has the blood on his hands of Dave Gettleman, right? Him and Dave Gettleman, they were like, they were like Batman and Robin, okay? They're not, it's not, it's not like they were separate. It's not, you know, they're not, it's not like Kevin Abrams is coming in and he's going to have a totally different perspective. At that point, I'd just rather keep Dave Gettleman for one more year than hire Kevin Abrams. We need to bring someone in who has a vision, not John Mara's vision, because John Mara's vision has been what happened the last 10 years. And I think no one wants that again. So, or to continue really, because it's not like it stopped. It need, we need a fresh mind, someone creative, someone with a different level of, different way of thinking, different way of seeing things. Someone who probably disagrees with John Mara on how he's handled him, you know, how he's handled the franchise for the past 10 years. All right. So let's move on because we've got a lot to talk about still left in this episode. Uh, let's first go to the Giants. Uh, this came out from Field Yates, I think, originally, or it's some maybe one of the Giants insiders. I'm just reading a tweets from Field Yates. The Giants reworked the contracts of tight end Kyle Rudolph and punter Riley Dixon to create $350,000 in 
cap space for the rest of 2021 with just three weeks left in their season. This gives them some room needed to operate practice squad transaction, roster bonuses, etc. Wow. Yay. Great. That that's about it. That's, that's all I have reacting to that. I mean, how many practice squad additions or removals can the giants make to really save their season with three games left and nothing to fight for? That's all I have there. Uh, Alex, I mean, if you want to chime in here, cause I know you're a big offensive line guy, but I'll read the thing that you put in. Uh, and yeah. Thomas, uh, Oh, but I just said, yeah. Go oh, ahead. oh, you said, yeah, I thought, I thought you were about yeah, to talk. Yeah. That's all. Go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew Thomas I'm going to sit here and bask in glory. All right. Andrew Thomas among nine tackles, uh, who have allowed one or less sacks with at least 350 snaps. So there's that Alex. We've what I would comment is that probably puts him in the elite category of offensive tackles. So that's that's a that that's a good thing. And he has been struggling with this ankle injury as well, as we'll see in the injury report. So uh, hopefully he gets better there and uh, and get gets back to his full full uh, capabilities. I I saw something here that was mentioned on the radio and article or more and more on tweets. It was about Sterling Shepard's injury. Obviously, Sterling Shepard out for this season. And could very well be out for next season, too. I think it's the end of his Giants career. I think it could be the end of his NFL career with all of the injuries that he's had, concussions, whatever it is. But was it because of the MetLife Stadium turf? Now, this came into thinking last season when so many players got injured at MetLife Stadium. And it's been that way for a few years now. I think they used to have grass. The grass is even worse. And that was in like 2018. And then they switched it to this what is it artificial the turf but do they replace the turf and do like newer turf like i I don't know just something i saw out there that i wanted to kind of bring up it's funny how metlife stadium can't even get their goddamn turf right for the players to play on not so much their medium sodas and their you know just the whole the whole stadium's a mess the teams in the the goddamn stadium's a mess too the jets and the giants can not get anything right that it's it's all a shit show Damn it, I lost the curse counter. Oh, all right. Well, that's unfortunate. We move on. So, Joe Judge, because we have uh, two quarterbacks that could very well start once again here, the awful, horrendous Mike Glennon, or the maybe good Jake Fromm. But Joe Judge won't tell you that, right? He's got to wait and see. We're recording this on Thursday night and still not making a QB announcement until later gotta in the week. Got to look at the tape. Got to look at the tape. Of course he can't make a freaking announcement but whatever let's go to some positive news well alex doesn't consider it so positive this is from giants wire speaking of the holiday season the giants received a few gifts as they head into the long weekend safety jr reed wide receiver Kadarius tony and linebacker oshane zimenez were all removed from the reserve covid list so that's a good thing for the new york giants although according to zach rosenblatt the giants activated tony from the covid list he's still injured though so he it would be a surprise if he does play against the eagles which doesn't doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know that. We also have some roster moves when it comes to practice squad because though that cap space and moving in the cap space for Dixon and Rudolph really made this happen. Activated from the practice squad due to a COVID nineteen replacement was Virus Sierra Farrow Cooper, the special teams mastermind, kick returner, punt returner. Uh, practice squad signing was defensive back Dwayne Johnson. Practice squad veteran signing was defensive back uh, Darquez Denard. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, and then I think that's everything that I've got there. Oh, there's. Do you want me to run through the roster updates, Alex? Because there's more of that. Uh, okay. Uh, with the addition of 
Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard being placed on the reserve injured list, meaning they're out for the rest of the season. The Giants also signed Jalen Smith and Jaron Williams uh, from the practice squad. And defensive back Keon Crossan has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Not like he's been doing that much on the field anyway. So should it be a big key person that's missing uh, from this Giants team. But I think I ran through a lot of the stuff that we had to talk about. So that's good. And we have Gary Brightwell return to practice. Another special teams gem for head coach Joe Judge to work with. Uh, he, you know, he'll be on that injury report because he's still injured. So Alex will run through that. Do you want to do that now? What do you want to do? Yeah, sure. Thank God Gary Brightwell is back, though, because obviously the impact he's making on special teams and our special teams unit being one of the most elite in the league, obviously, because we have Joe jo- Wait. We have a special teams coach, and our and our special teams unit is in the bottom half of the NFL? <laughs> what? Our punter only kicks for 18 yards? Right. Damn it. Don't even, don't even get me started with scoring, Alex, because guess what? The New York field goal Giants, how much, how many, how much, per, is it how much or how many? How, how much percent of their points? Comes 40%. From, there you go. So I guess on that side of the special teams, we're very good at kicking field goals. Oh, there so we maybe go. that's where Joe Judge is taking his pride. But don't worry, because Graham Gano or any Giant made the Pro Bowl. Good thing I just remembered that. Yeah. No Jet, no Giant. Both Nor them. did they deserve to, no. if we're being honest. <laughs> but talk about MetLife Stadium and the teams that play in there. Both not going to be sending anyone unless maybe, you know, the people who go to the Super Bowl or people who get injured, you know, the replacement. But you know who did make the Pro Bowl as a Pro Bowl replacement? Former New York Giant who is doubted on, Marcus Golden. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Of course. And uh, yeah, of course he makes it. We don't, we don't believe in him. We send him off. He goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely does phenomenal. Or, you know, that's a big word, but I think he's done very well for himself to be a, a replacement in the Pro Bowl. So good for him. We we sign Leonard Williams to a 20 whatever million dollar a year deal long term because he got 10 plus sacks. Marcus Golden the season before got 10 plus sacks and we just let him go. Yeah. Makes sense, right? Why not? Yeah. You know Why who not? a player that I really want to let go right now? Because Well, no, that's a bad transition because I don't want to let him go. We can't let him go. The four-year, $72 million man, Kenny Galladay, has only been targeted 20-plus times. Uh, or, excuse me, has only been targeted 20-plus yards downfield this season 11 times. He has one catch. You want to know who threw that pass? That was last week, and that was Jake Fromm. <laughs> Daniel Jones, not involved anything downfield. Mike Glennon, not involved anything downfield. It was when Jake Fromm came in the game through eight passes. Then one of them went to Kenny Galladay. The man hasn't been used at all this season, and it's sad. All right, injury report, Alex. We uh, deterred it long enough. Injury report here. For our did-not-practices on both Wednesday and Thursday for the Giants, we have Ben Bredesen with a ankle injury. Did not practice on Wednesday. Gary Brightwell returned to practice on Thursday, like we mentioned earlier, for a limited practice with a neck injury. For our limited practices both Wednesday and Thursday, we have Saquon Barkley with the ankle. Colin Gillespie, another special teams master at oh, with the shin injury. Austin Johnson with the foot injury. Kyle Rudolph with an ankle. Andrew Thomas with an ankle. And Leonard Williams with a triceps, even though I do believe it's an elbow. But anyway, uh, maybe he has different injuries as well. Going for the Eagles now, Fletcher Cox did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, full practice on Thursday. I assume it was probably a veteran rest, but we I don't know. Yes, it was a veteran rest. Yep. Uh, Jordan Howard, running back, limited practice Wednesday, did practice on uh, Thursday with a knee injury. Jalen Hurts, ankle, limited practice both days. Lane Johnson, rested on Thursday, limited practice on Wednesday. Uh, Jason Kelsey, rest. 
Jordan Malata, ankle, did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Miles Sanders, quad, did not practice Wednesday and Thursday. Jack Stoll, tight end, uh, knee injury, limited practice Wednesday and Thursday. And Ryan Kerrigan, defensive end, illness, did not practice Thursday. That's a non-COVID illness. All right. Thank you, Alex, for the Giants and Eagles injury update. And since we do play the Giants on Sunday or the Giant, we play the Giants for the Giants. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, we almost play against ourselves sometimes <laughs> with all the penalties and screwing ourselves. So maybe you're not completely wrong. Uh, since we do play the Eagles on Sunday, we have talked a lot about the Giants. Let's talk about the Eagles a little bit. So they played on Tuesday. Alex, will they be tired? They played on Tuesday because of COVID and the issues. It doesn't matter. The Giants suck, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> they could have played. They could play Saturday. They could have played Christmas morning, and they it, we, they probably still are going to win. So that, that's all I'm going to say. But yes, it obviously is an effect, right? It's definitely not something that's ideal. It's a miss of a practice day. Yeah, and and they have players coming back from COVID more than we do. So yeah, I think they're 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 affected for sure. All jokes aside. Um, and we go down the list. Let's start with Jalen Hurts with almost 300 yards on, on Tuesday, but only one touchdown and one interception. That's because they pounded the ball, and we'll get to Miles Sanders in a minute. Would you say Jalen Hurts is the future quarterback for the uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Alex? You know what's funny? Three out of the four teams right now in the NFC East don't really have like a solid guy that everyone trusts. Only one is Dak Prescott, which everyone says he doesn't look 100%. He doesn't look like his old self. Well, at least he's like a very 100% quarterback in Dallas, in Philly, in Washington, and in New York. There's no definite at the quarterback position right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Jalen Hurts for me is a quarterback who's not a long-term solution for the Eagles. I think they know that. They have three picks in this draft because Howie Roseman did an actual good job for once this past year. Um, and the Eagles are in a nice situation as much as I hate to say it, so... If they can take a flyer on, you know, a Corral, a Malik Willis or whatever to compete with Jalen Hurts, I think that would work out nicely because I don't think Jalen Hurts is a long-term solution in short is what I was going to say. But uh, but but certainly he's he's an, he's an below average quarterback who has the ability to make big plays due to his legs. Another player who has uh, who was able to make big plays because of his legs, and that is Miles Sanders, the running back for the Eagles. 18 carries for 131 yards. That's 13 yards per attempt. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, though, but Alex, you were saying that was more of a precautionary type of, of deal, and he most likely will play on Sunday. Uh, but just know that's Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard questionable going into this game, which would mean one and only one thing. Boston Scott would be the starting running back if both of those players would be ruled out, but I don't expect that to be the case. Yeah, I don't I don't expect them to be ruled out. Um, I think Miles Sanders, I think, is going to play. But obviously, again, I'm not a doctor, so uh, I'm not going to say anything. Dallas Goddard is, is a player who I think is going to be a big problem for the Giants. He was 7 for 135 uh, on Tuesday. It's it's gonna be scary um, if he can tear apart our defense like that, like he did uh, against the Washington Football Team, and they have a probably similar-ish defense to right. us. Eagles have some weapons. We can't deny that. Eagles have some yeah, weapons for sure. So Alex, just not Jalen Rager. <laughs> I, I want to go to something that again I talked about in the video with Justin Penick. If you want, go check it out on the Giant Take You channel. It's really fun. We talked about the future situation at the quarterback position for the Giants. 
So it's a perfect transition. Alex, you weren't able to join us for that. So since we're on the podcast episode, I want to give you the option to have a say in this. Uh, we talked about, is Daniel Jones the future at QB? And if he's not, is it a draft pick? Is it a free agent or is it a trade that is the future option at QB? The main QBs we talked about when it would become, you know, when it would come to trading, Russell Wilson and Derek Carr mainly. And then when we talk about signing free agents, we were like, this could be a quarterback who starts on the bench. And if Daniel Jones fails or gets injured a lot, which is could be the case, then Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, or Marcus Mariota, if we sign one of the three of them would come in. And when it comes to Russell Wilson, you know, Albert Breer, an NFL insider, had actually a really big thing to say on it. Very quick, though. He went right over it when he was asked the questions about Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones when it comes to their futures. So take a listen to that. Care of some of their own guys. Obviously, some of that has to go um, to the draft picks. Daniel Jones back um, with New York. I don't think so. Archman to USC. Sounds like it's like that's like either Texas or Clemson, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, who's the Giants' next quarterback? Russell Wilson. All right. Well, anyway, Alex, what, what's your thoughts on this situation? So we, you know, if I were the GM or whatever we're talking about here. I'm not looking at trade options, really, realistically. Derek Carr, depending on the the value, Russell Wilson would have to be like one first round pick, but it has to. It's probably going to be at least three. Uh, would be my guess to get him. Derek Carr, I think, would probably cost at least a couple. I'd probably be willing to do one. Deshaun Watson, his legal situation needs to be cleared up before we can do anything. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think they might roll with him another year in San Francisco next year. Uh, would be my guess. So I think. Probably not with Jimmy Garoppolo, um, even though I do think you could get him for better value. But I don't think he makes this team much better than Daniel Jones does, if we're being honest, because um, the run game really carries that team in San Francisco. What I would do here, and you did write this one down here. Next year, I do expect Daniel Jones to be back, and I think we keep Daniel Jones. I think we bring someone in to compete with him, someone who could possibly beat him out, not someone who I think would beat him out which would be Winston, who I think would beat him out in camp. I think Bridgewater would beat him out in camp. But I don't think Marcus Mariota would necessarily beat him out in camp right away. But Marcus Mariota is someone that intrigues me. He was taken early in the draft. He had lots of potential coming out of college. He has tons of upside. I really like the idea of signing him, seeing what he's got bring him in with Daniel Jones, have a nice little competition. That 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 would be what I do. And then obviously wait till 2023 to draft your quarterback. And maybe if Marcus Mariota works out, you can wait even longer. But I don't I don't necessarily think he's a long term solution, but I think he's a he's an underrated player. And when he came in last year for Derek Carr as the sub or as the backup, he was very good. So I think he deserves another chance. Uh, to you know, to fight for a starting job. So Marcus Mariota is someone who really interests me, and that's someone I'm going to keep an eye on in free agency for sure. If you can get him, he's going to be more expensive than per se your Mike Lennons or your who else is in bang average backup. Uh, you know your your Trevor Simeons, your but, Jake Fromms, yeah, your Jake, Jake <laughs> Fromms. But I think it would be worth it would be a worthwhile signing. That's what I would do. I mean, Alex, I think you uh, tuned into the video. You saw that Justin and I were kind of talking about, though, free agency, why overpay for a quarterback at that point? So that's just like one thing you have to think about when you could just... This would be a one-year deal for sure. One-year deal. Right. Okay. 
When no, I mean, I, I, I agree. Uh, to answer that question myself, I think Daniel Jones will be here next year. So that's just, that's just my answer. Uh, there's no draft. There's no trade. There's no free agent because Daniel Jones is going to be the starter for the Giants next year. And if everyone wants to prove me wrong, please do so after this offseason. We'll see what happens, okay? Let's go to the NFL picks. I know, Alex, there's a few Saturday games. There's a Thursday game. You sure you want me to go all the way through until the 4 o'clock? Because it's very, like, 2 to 3. Like, I'm doing 2 out of the 3. It's okay. You can do to the 4 o'clock. I don't, I don't want to read out as many games today anyway. I'm not feeling it. So. All right. Well, you'll know the results of this already. Well, you, you should know the results of last week because I should tell you. Alex went 9 and 6. I went 7 and 8. You'll know the results of the Thursday night game because that's when we're recording here on Thursday night. 49ers, Titans is first. We both have the 49ers. Packers and Browns is the early window on Saturday, Christmas Day. It's going to be Packers for both of us. The second late window, the 8 o'clock start. Colts, Cardinals, that's going to be a fun one, but the Cardinals just lost to the Lions, so we don't trust them. Um, we both have the Colts winning that one. Lions, Falcons, we trust the Lions, though. Cause I'm, we- t- I'm interrupting you. I'm interrupting you. I'm sorry. Colts, if we do remember Josh last episode, oh my God. was saying that I was crazy. Well, no, you didn't say that, but I said, I said like a two second thing and you took it to like a whole You said level. it was like interesting how I picked the Colts over the Pats. I and sure enough, on top of this. I should start doing sports betting because I just know so much about football. Okay. Um, that's all I want to say. Sure. Continue. Yep. Rams, Vikings. Both have the Rams winning that one. Jets, Jaguars. Alex has the Jets. I have the Jaguars. Bills, Pats. It's going to be a good one. The last time was when there was 50 mile an hour wins and uh, Mac Jones only had what, like three passes. Uh, we both have the Bills winning this one. Also, uh, the Patriots don't look so good after the Colts game or maybe the Colts just look really good. I don't know. Bengals, Ravens. Interestingly enough, Lamar Jackson did not practice a few times this week. Is questionable going into this game, but they won't make a decision probably until game day. They kept it close with Tyler Huntley against the Packers, but I still see, and Alex still sees, the Bengals coming on top. Chargers, Texans, we both have the Chargers. Buccaneers and Panthers, we both have the Buccaneers, and I give it to Alex. So we got the Seahawks and the Bears. We both, All Giants fans are hoping for a Seahawks win, and Josh and I do have that as well. Seahawks over the Bears. Raiders, Broncos. Um, we both have the Raiders, Steelers, Chiefs. We both have the Chiefs, Cowboys, Washington. We both have the Cowboys, Dolphins, Saints, Monday night. I have the Dolphins. Josh has the Saints. Uh, the Saints will be starting Ian Book, I do believe. The rookie out of Notre Dame or second year yep. out of Notre Dame. Um, rookie, I believe. So he will be starting the Exc- third string QB. Stuff. I'm going with Tua turn to ball over. So <laughs> that's what I'm going with here. Love that guy. And, and now I think we move to our factors of the philly game right we, we move into the x factor section my x factor we mentioned him earlier dallas goddard god damn it jalen hurts favorite target you can't use him now yes i uh-huh. can i can use him you can't no you can't i, I snuck that right in front of you because i knew you were going to mention him you can't what? use the same what player is that? i guess you can we've done that before oh that's so boring fine then i'll change my plan no no i'll do it Ugh. okay uh Ugh. You got to be quicker. You got to get inch right in front of me. You gotta, I, I don't want to cut you off because you always yell at me for cutting you off. And that's then true. you do it more than I. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, fine. Devontae Smith. Devontae, Devontae Smith. Yeah. Devontae Smith. He he does lead the team when it comes to yards. He's had four touchdowns. That's, that's the same amount as Goddard. So, fine. I'll do Devontae Smith. Really had to do that to me, huh? 
You you yeah. really knew I was going with him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Seemed like a fit. All right, fine. Let's go to our score predictions. I'll go first. I'll give the Giants a light 10. I'll give the Eagles a nice 24. 24-10 Eagles win. I'm going 27-16 Eagles win. One Giants touchdown and three Graham Gano beautiful field goals. You see, I also have one Giants touchdown, so that's something we relate on, and I only have one Graham Gano field goal. Mm, that's so. not enough field goals, Josh. What do you think this is? We're the I, New York field goal Giants. <laughs> that's, that's that's my bad. That's my bad. Um, well, anyway, we we thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. Go follow us. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, the Giant Take Pod. You can also go to shippingstudios.com slash the Giant Take to check out all our links where you can listen and watch on YouTube. Been really big on the YouTube lately, uploading videos, uploading the recap episodes. So really go check that out. The all-season content is going to be pumping. We have a ton of video ideas. One we're really excited about that would hopefully come over our winter Christmas break. So look forward to that sooner than later. That's our the GM, right? We're hoping to record that over break, Alex. So he, he gave me the thumbs up. Uh, correct. 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 <laughs> Uh, you could go give us five stars on Apple Podcast. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Did I did I get everything? I think I got it. Oh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joshua29. Alex on Twitter at Anorian23. And that is everything I want to say. Alex, go close us out. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. And we'll see everyone with a recap after the Eagles game and hopefully after a Giants win and a sweep of the Philadelphia Eagles. See everyone next time. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.